Good evening, TDN radio listeners. It is Wednesday, May 7th, 2014, and it is time for another episode of This Week in Interview. I'm your host, Anthony Drago, and I'm going to be spending the next hour with you uh, uh, with a pretty informative and discussion tonight. We are... Tonight is going to be the second in the series of health uh, or healthcare series. We started last month, if you remember, um, we had the first issue of our health series. On this week in interview, we spoke about um, colon health. We had Dr. Brelvi, and um, we had a pretty lively discussion, pretty interesting discussion on colon health. Well, tonight we're going to have our second installment in that series. We hope that we can do this every one Wednesday in every month. Uh, we're going to do a health program. Tonight, we are going to focus on, he on heart health, cardiac health. And uh, we, as usual, as we did last week, we are going to have our, our in-house healthcare expert, our in-house healthcare professional, Ms. Roslyn Carbon, is going to be uh, assisting us in, uh, in, in and guiding us through the discussion. As, as we explained to you before, uh, it is my judgment that if we find um, an expert who works in the field, who, who provides healthcare as a profession, would be in good stead, would, would, would better be able to, to conduct the interview. And um, the Scabon graciously agreed uh, to, to devote some of her time to help us. The objective of the, of the show is to really bring out some health information, some of our well-being. We know uh, doing the interviews, we're educating our minds, but definitely we want to have a song, the body, to go along with um, the song mind that we're developing. So tonight, we're very excited that we're going to be talking about cardiac health. If you're a regular listener to this week in interview, welcome back. We, we love having you. If this is your first time, welcome to this week in interview, and we hope that you too are going to become a loyal listener. Before I bring Ms. Um, Caron on, I, I want to mention to you that tonight's show is being sponsored we have two sponsors for tonight. This weekend in Brooklyn, we have a Queens of Cala show for Mother's Day on Saturday night. Ophelia Marie, Mikael Henderson, Jali, and Janet Azuz are going to be performing. And we'll give you some more details on that as the night goes along. And, and also, Know Your Culture is going to have a cultural extravaganza on June 9th in New Jersey. That's something you don't want to miss. And um, we'll be bringing you some more information on that. So know your culture and um, the organizers of the Queens of Kala show, uh, our gracious and generous sponsors for tonight. But as I told you, um, tonight being our health issue, we uh, have this carbon with us. And uh, without much further um, deliberation, let's go to the phone and, uh, and, and say, Welcome to um, this, this Rosalind Carbon. This Carbon, are you there? Yes, I am, Anthony. Definitely, yes, I am. Definitely. 
No, he's an Australian. I like the way. Sorry, I like the way you address me. Nurse Carbon, all Dominique, a real Dominican. <laughs> well, you know, um, one of the things that um, our education system instilled in us is respect for persons' accomplishments, and one of the ways we show that is. Um, to give people their, their handle, <laughs> like we say. Uh huh. <laughs> but but um, as I was telling our listeners, you are definitely our in-house, um, our in-house expert. So um, it's def- sometimes I'll call you Roslyn. That's your first name. But definitely in this capacity, you are Nurse Carbon. Welcome. Uh, what I want to, to do right now is to give you a couple minutes because this is only the second show there may be some listeners who are, who are not familiar didn't get your um you know your background last last time we were on so can you can you okay. just bring our listeners up to speed a little bit on who you are how long you've been a nurse that sort of thing gladly are you there this I think I think we lost or we will um try to get her back on the phone in a minute. We were trying to um raise this carbon back on the line. We seem to have lost contact with her. Are you there, Ms. Carbon? So we seem to be back on um, with the Scabon on the line. So let's go right back to the phone. Are you there, Scabon? Yes, I am. Yeah. Some technical difficulties I, I here. Did, I uh, we, the call dropped. But go ahead. You. Yeah. Right. So um, it's my pleasure to be hosting this second health issue tonight on TDN Radio or TDN.net. I'm Rosalind Carbon, born in England, but but very much Dominican. My dad's from Dominica, Capuchin. My mom's from Guadeloupe. Um, but I did my elementary school in Portsmouth and went to non-school. Um, I went back to England, did my nursing in England. And I came to the States in 84 and I've done some nursing here also. So I've been in the nursing field for many years. And um, Definitely. That's so, it so me. I've been... You're international lady by way of Dominica, Guadeloupe, UK, <laughs> and the US, definitely. Yes. yes, yes, yes. But Dominica is home, huh? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> so we say good evening to all the Dominican listeners. We also have um, listeners who always um, come, come call us in and contact from Grenada, from Trinidad. We have some St. Lucians on there. Um, we, so we say good night to all the all um, listeners to tdnradio.net and this is This Week in Interview. I'm your host Anthony Drago and with me tonight is Nurse Rosalind Carbon. 
tonight we're doing our second installment in our health series, health and wellness series. And the topic for tonight is cardiac health. So this carbon, let, give us, take us into the topic. I, I know we have a special guest. You can also um, inform the audience of who our special guest is going to be tonight. But take us into the topic for tonight. Yes. Well, tonight we're going to be discussing the health of our heart. It is definitely our heart is very dear to us, and sometimes we kind of ignore it. Everybody here, heart attack, heart attack, but there's so much more going on with our hearts that we can prevent. And my big push is for prevention and ownership of self and being cognitive or aware of how you can prevent or maintain healthy heart. And tonight I have Dr. Campbell. I've known Dr. Campbell for 20 plus years from the University Hospital. He's a cardiologist and uh, he's from Grenada. He did his elementary school in Grenada, um, came to the States, went to college at Howard University. He did his undergraduate in pharmaceuticals at Howard University also. Then he went to medical school at the University of Medicine and Dentistry in Newark, where I've been working myself for 23 years. Um, and I knew him that from then. And from there, he branched out to have his own practice, a very affluent, thriving cardiologist. And he's based among the people. He could have gone to some fancy neighborhood. I mean, the neighborhood is fancy, but I'm talking he could have gone real away, but he stayed in the middle of the community, and actually that community is um, very heavily populated with Dominicans also, just just FYI, and he, all Caribbeans, yeah, but he thrives on giving care to everybody, and he's a great cardiologist, and he's going to be with us tonight, sharing his expertise, and um, we're looking forward to that. Definitely. And um, we know that um, cardiac health, when people hear heart attack, you would you tell somebody something, you tell them, I'm serious like a heart attack. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, so definitely it's, it, is, it is a topic that we, that we take seriously. It's, it's yes. a topic, uh, it's issues with our heart can have a very big impact on our quality of life. And yes. um, everybody knows the role that our heart plays in um, in our general well-being. Yes. And what I really want to emphasize at this moment, before Dr. Campbell joins us, I want the men to listen clearly and the women in particular, because a lot of times the heart cardiac issues tend to be pushed over to the men. But I've got a surprise for us ladies you need to pay close attention to your heart health. And the big word heart attack, it's a big issue in women's health. And it is sidetracked for other issues like breast cancer or mental illnesses versus real issue is the heart, a dying heart, a starving heart from oxygen, heart attacks. So it's going to be a very interesting and informative um, show tonight. And there's something for everybody. And at the end of the show, everybody should feel more enlightened, more educated, or aware. And with some tools to enhance and to prevent um, demise of the heart prematurely 
and also to enjoy longevity. And, and that was going to say the, the, the whole objective of doing the healthcare uh, series on this weekend interview is to actually uh, give persons information that they to empower them, to empower them to take charge of their health, to, to educate them so that they can recognize symptoms in themselves and their loved ones. But also, we, 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 we try to keep it practical where after the show, you know what you should be doing tomorrow. You know what you should be doing next week. You know how you should, can put together a plan to make sure that your heart is healthy. So, so definitely, that is the type of discussion that we're going to have. Now, I think um, Dr. Campbell is calling in. So, Ms. Campbell, can you just give, let's go to the line? Okay. Uh, hello, good evening. Dr. Campbell. Yeah, hello? Yes. Yeah, hi. G good night. Good evening. Dr. Campbell, I, we are so happy that you, we are actually very delighted that you could be with us this evening. And um, I, we... The carbon is, is on is on as well, and um, hello, Dr. Campbell. Good evening. Uh, hi, Roger. How are you? Good, thank you. Right. Can, can you guys hear me? Okay. Yes, we can hear you loud and clear. And um, our listeners are extremely excited about the prospect of having a cardiologist um, give, helping them with information about their heart health for the next hour. And um, the format, oh. as as we all as as we've explained, the format that we were taking is that um, Nurse Carbon, being a healthcare professional, is going to take the lead um, in terms of having the discussion with you. So let's, Robinson, go ahead and, um, and, and take it away. Yes. Welcome, Dr. Campbell. I'm very, very honored that you took time out of your busy, busy schedule to spend this time with us and our listening audience tonight. Um, I'm also very proud that you're homegrown. You're from Grenada. And um, it's, it's a pleasure to have our homegrown um, educators, practitioners right among us, you know, taking care of us and understanding the population that you're caring for. And as I'm saying that, understanding the population that you care for, I would like to divulge into a question or a topic with regards to heart health in our community, us as an African originally, original people, how do you define heart disease in us, in our community? Well, Rosen, thank you very much. And uh, it's my pleasure to uh, be able to talk to you and whoever is listening and hope I'll be able to give good information that will be useful and helpful. Well, heart disease is a really, really big problem in our community, as many other problems that affect the Afro-American community. Uh, this is one of the most important. Uh, you know, heart disease, as I say, is a very broad topic. I mean, we can almost choose just one topic and talk about it for a whole hour or more. Uh, but uh, <clears throat> what we do... Uh, is to be, you know, general and maybe some other time, you know, we can be more specific because, I mean, there are so many questions any anybody can ask, you know, concerning any one particular topic. Now, the, the heart is a very uh, small organ, but it's a very important organ, the most important organ. And as I tell many patients that come to see me, 
If you've got a problem with your heart, uh, it can kill you. I mean, patients come with chest pain, and we have to try to figure whether the pain is from the heart or if it's from the stomach, the GI tract, or some other non-cardiac part of the body. Uh, the other areas might cause severe pain and discomfort, but they're not going to kill you. So usually we have to first rule out or make sure that the problem is not. So heart disease uh, is a myriad of problems. We can talk about problems that affect the heart muscle. The heart is a muscle that uh, contracts you know, from the time you're, you're born to the time you're dead. Uh, it works nonstop unless there's a big problem. Uh, so we can have a problem with the muscle, the, the contraction of the muscle. You may have a weak heart, and that you know is defined as, as a heart problem. Uh, you may have a heart that races that causes arrhythmias. Arrhythmias are problems with the, the speed of the heart. Uh, the, maybe the heart might go too fast and cause problem. Uh, uh, for instance, uh, you you would pass out if your heart goes too fast for too long, and there are many different you know kinds of heart rhythm abnormalities. Uh, they, if your heart goes too slow, you can also pass it and cause problem. You can die. I mean, uh, many times uh, we have to intervene with a slow heart by putting a pacemaker in uh, if the patient has uh, certain problems that might be permanent. We also have problem, heart problems that affect the blood vessels in the heart. I, I think, you know, our audience might be more familiar with uh, that kind of problem where you have uh, blockages in the blood vessels that give blood to your, uh, to your heart because the heart is the organ that has all the blood. All the blood in the body comes through the heart and the heart pumps it out. But like every other organ in the body, the heart has to get its supply out of the heart. So the blood must leave the heart and then enter into the blood vessels that go back, that surround the heart, and that gives uh, blood to the heart itself. So the problem that arises uh, quite often is that uh, you have blockage in the blood vessel that causes you not to be able to get sufficient blood uh, to supply uh, the heart. As we know, uh, the blood is life, and if there is no blood, there is no life, no matter which part of the body is. So when, when you have a blockage, you're not able to get blood beyond the blockage. And it depends on the severity of the blockage. You um, may get a heart attack, or you may get chest pain, or, or various, uh, various symptoms. If the blockage is, uh, not, uh, is not allowing any blood to go to the part of the heart that's called the conduction system, uh, that's a system that sends a signal to the heart muscle and causes it to contract. So if there's a problem there, then you might have a slow heart, or you may have a heart that races uh, in one fashion or the other. Uh, so that's the, then you have a problem, heart problem with the valves in the heart, the, in your house from that go that allow you to go from one room to the next. So when one room fills up with blood, it pushes the door open or the valve open, and the blood goes to another chamber. Uh, when that chamber is filled up, it closes the valve. So sometimes the valve does not close completely, and so when the heart squeezes, you have blood that rushes back to the previous chamber, 
and that can cause a big problem. If it's bad enough, then you have to have that valve replaced or repaired. Then also you can have a problem with the valve where the uh, valve is too narrow. That happens quite often in uh, elderly patients. Before, it used to be uh, with, uh, uh, before antibiotics and, and before the uh, increased uh, number of diagnostic interventions that people would have a lot more of these problems. They, they're present now, but not as before. So these are only some of the many problems that I can't take to heart. Dr. Campbell, you mentioned about the valve. Can you, I know a lot of the audience, most people have heard the word murmur. I've got a murmur. This person has a murmur. Can you discuss murmur since you're talking about the valve opening and closing so people know what exactly or have a better idea what a murmur is? Yes. Uh, a murmur is an extra noise that the heart makes. Everybody knows that the heart usually makes two noise, or lub-dub. Dub, dub, dub. And in between these noises, uh, you have uh, a, a, another noise that comes in, like a shh, 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 uh, or it might be uh, a different sound. So in between the, the two heart sounds, you have these noises that come in. So these are called murmurs. So um, usually a, a murmur uh, is caused by the, the uh, leaky valve, as I mentioned before. If the blood rushes back to the previous chamber, it may murmur and extra noise. Or if the blood has to force through one valve, it may get another noise. So the, these are murmurs. So murmurs can be many kinds. And you don't always have to do something about a murmur. Quite often we also see in the uh, uh, pediatric population murmurs uh, that occurs from holes that are that uh, in the heart. Now, in your mother's womb, uh, there's the the blood flow to the fetus is different. Uh, there there is some variation, and once you're born, these holes are supposed to close, uh, but sometimes they don't. And when you listen to a baby or a young you know kid, you might hear one of these extra noises, and, and then of course you have to investigate to, to figure. out what the noise is, where is it coming from, and how significant it is. Uh, sometimes you don't have to do anything, and sometimes you have to do something about it. You add it to repair the hole before uh, it, that, that causes, you know, uh, severe symptoms and problems with the heart. Yeah. So in in, in a summary, uh, murmur is just an extra noise that the heart makes. And when, when somebody comes to you with a murmur, uh, usually we do an echocardiogram and ultrasound on the heart, just like you do an ultrasound on a pregnant woman to investigate the fetus. Uh, we do on the heart also, and that will give us an idea. But sometimes moments are, are, are just from blood flowing through the big blood vessels that come from your heart and that go to your heart. Just the blood just banging against the vessel and making noise. And so sometimes when we look for those moments, uh, uh, we don't find it uh, because it's just from blood flow. Uh, particularly in, we, we have these moments also in pregnant women because the blood volume in a pregnant, in pregnancy is, uh, more than 50%, uh, increased. And so that extra blood volume can, you know, here molar that, that, um, uh, develop because uh, of that, uh, increased volume. And, uh, yeah. Okay. Can you explain to the listeners, um, some of the major causes of heart disease? 
in, in particular hereditary issues, social issues, economic, dietary causes. Can we just touch this on those slightly? Well, well, as I mentioned, uh, we, we can just take any one of these uh, problems and just talk about it only. But the major problem that, that I see uh, in my practice uh, are, one, uh, we have the uh, uh, coronary artery disease uh, that where we have blockage in the blood vessel in the heart that can cause you to get a heart attack or to get you know chest pain or angina. Uh, we have a problem with cardiomyopathy. Cardiomyopathy is a problem where the heart usually uh, uh, is uh, weak. You got a big, weak heart that's not able to uh, effectively pump the blood around the body. So that's a common problem. I see that quite often, and we see it in young people also. Uh, we also have a problem with the uh, rhythm of the heart. That's the uh, the the way the heart contracts. Uh, and when we look on the EKG, when you do an EKG, you would see variation in the in the in the way the heart uh, the beats, the heart contracts. So th these are rhythm abnormalities that uh, can cause many problems. Now, one of the common ones that I see is atrial fibrillation. Atrial fibrillation is an irregular heartbeat uh, where the heart beats. You know, at various speeds. And the problem with that is that it's a big risk factor for blood clots that can develop in the heart. Because when you have atrial fibrillation, the heart is not beating effectively. So the blood, you know, hangs around in this, in this particular chamber in the heart uh, and it can form a blood clot. And eventually that clot can break and go to the brain and give you a stroke. So that that is well defined. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, then, of course, we can have uh, other arrhythmias where people have ventricular tachycardia. Now, we see those, you know, in patients who've had problems with, with uh, heart attacks before where the heart becomes weak. And when the heart is weak, it sets you up for arrhythmias where you can get a ventricular tachycardia. Now, the ventricular tachycardia is a different rhythm compared to the atrial fibrillation. The ventricular tachycardia is a dangerous rhythm because if it continues, you can go into cardiac arrest. Mm -hmm. and, and so if you have a heart attack, you know, if you have a very weak heart, you're at risk for developing that uh, rhythm abnormality. So that's a, a relatively common problem uh, that can arise. Yeah. Could we touch base on obesity and the big heart you're talking about? Well, obesity and the amount of yeah, work that the heart has to do with regards to the Obesity, obese people. Yeah. Well, well, you know, one of the problems with obesity uh, is that you're a risk factor for a lot of for a lot of problems, not only with the heart, but the issue with being obese uh, is that you you have a big body, you have a big body mass that has to be supplied, you know, with nutrients, with everything, with life, uh, with blood. Blood carries life, and mm -hmm. and so your heart now has to carry. Yeah, I have to supply that whole bigger body mass, and of course it has to work harder. I mean, if you're pushing something, if you're pushing a small load, then you don't have to work that hard. But if you have to push a big box, then then the work is much harder. 
So then your heart has to work harder. Ultimately, that becomes a problem, uh, which can cause you to go into heart failure. Now, I didn't mention also heart heart failure, congestive heart failure, uh, which is one of the other common problems that uh, that arises uh, with uh, heart disease. That's where the heart is not able to effectively uh, uh, circulate the, the blood uh, to the kidneys. And, of course, you've got fluid that develops, you know, and accumulates in the legs and ultimately in the lungs, and you become you know, short of breath. Uh, also, though, uh, sometimes you can get heart failure even though you have a, a, a strong heart, unlike a weak heart. So we see that uh, quite common commonly in elderly patients, elderly females in particular, uh, people have got very high blood pressure for a long time. The pressure inside the heart becomes uh, uh, high, and um, you know, the heart is not able to effectively uh, circulate the blood. So these people have a different kind of heart failure, uh, which is called diastolic heart failure. And that's a, a strong heart, but uh, too high pr- pressure that causes... Uh, the, the same symptoms as would develop with a weak heart. Okay. As you're talking about the weak heart, could you, now hypertension is something, like you said, each one of these topics or conditions, we could discuss it for an hour or two or more. Hypertension, we're definitely going to have a complete show on that topic. But there's one thing I need you to describe or explain to the audience. We all talk about high blood pressure, high blood pressure. Let's discuss low blood pressure and the size, um, signs and symptoms of, high, of low blood pressure really, you know, as it relates to our well-being. A healthy yeah, well, low blood pressure versus a, on, an unhealthy low blood pressure. Well, well, you know, fortunately, low blood pressure is not a common problem. There's, usually that will arise as a consequence of some other heart problems or some other problem you know, non-heart problem. You know, patients that have, you know, severe infection, they can, they can have a low blood pressure. Uh, now, the, pre- the blood pressure uh, is, is a number. Uh, theoretically, 130 over 70, that's good, uh, up to 140 over 80. Uh, anything lo- lower than that uh, is not necessarily low blood pressure. You know, I, I define symptomatic low blood pressure as a pressure that's uh, low enough to cause uh, problems. When you have uh, too low a pressure, uh, you can, one, you can pass out, you can faint. Uh, two, uh, you can uh, develop uh, uh, arrhythmias, uh, as I say, where the heart races, you know, one, one fashion or the other. Uh but uh, that's usually treated with uh, certain medication. But but generally speaking, that's that's not a common problem. It does happen, but it's not a it's not a real common problem. And the the pressure as as a number, it's not, you know I, you you look at the uh, symptoms. Now some patients may have a pressure in the nineties systolic blood pressure. As we know, the blood pressure is systolic, which is the top number, and the diastolic, which is a lower number. So. Uh, yeah, uh, if um, if you have an, uh, a low number like 90s or lower, uh, and you're asymptomatic, you don't have any symptoms, that might be good. I, I've seen many patients where their pressure is in the 80s or the 70s, 
and and, and not sorry, not seventies, but uh, hundreds, low hundred, nineties, and and they're fine. They function fine. So, they so it, it, mm-hmm. yeah, so 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 that's not a problem. Now, on the other hand, you know, some patients might have uh, a blood pressure the same week. They're fainty. They feel uh, cold and clammy. And um, um, so these are symptomatic patients, symptomatic low blood pressure. Yeah, very good. Okay, the ladies, I promised them at the introduction I was going to touch base on something for the ladies. There has, I'm going to just read a sentence. Women are 15% more likely to die from a heart attack. I'm going to say it again. Women of 15% more from from 2000. Now, I think most women are not thinking that they're going to have a heart attack. And apparently, so does the medical people. And I want to know Dr. Campbell. He might be having a heart attack. He might have a coronary artery disease. If it's a woman presents with identical symptoms, Correct me if I'm wrong. And a lot of women will misdiagnose. And I think just as, as a socialization, women will make to believe that they don't really have major heart issues. Maybe breast cancer. Yes, that's your thing. You have breast. Of course, we know men have breast cancer also. So what I needed to do is to talk a little about how women's cardiac health and the management has changed from that mindset to today. Yeah, well, Rosalie, everything you say was, is, is correct. Uh, I mean, uh, people, uh, doctors before used to ignore female women when the, the male has, uh, then I treat them uh, uh, similarly. So um, that's not a problem that I have encountered, but that definitely has been documented well in the literature. And I, I guess, you know, it's still happening in some areas with some doctors. Yeah. So what? So, with that being said, my lady listeners, my sisters out there, please take charge of your heart health. When you go to the doctor, be cognitive that this might be a doctor, not Doctor Campbell. This might be a doctor who's not really paying attention to a lady who might be having a heart attack or some coronary artery disease or you know issues with her heart. Instead, he might be thinking, "Oh, she's just." She just wants some pills. She's just, you know, seeking attention. So it's up to you, ladies, to point it out to them. I need a good cardiac workup. Check my and find out what can be done. So when you go to the doctor, you're armed with the language, the, the different tests that can be done to take care of you better. Because if you go to a doctor equipped with that information, he knows you're not somebody to play with or to blow aside. He's going to sit up and take notice and take good care of you as a woman with heart issues. Correct? Yeah, well, yeah you're, you're correct, Rosalind. And um, I, I guess also a uh, social issue that, you know, females, especially our, our uh, women, they, they're so preoccupied with, you know, care, with the cares of life, taking care of the family, that they might ignore, you know, some of the uh, warning signs, and that could be an, an issue also. Uh, Roslyn, uh-huh. Dr. Campbell, um, let me jump in here for the station identification. Uh, let listeners, you you listening to this week an interview on tdnradio.net. It is just about 
um, 8.40 p.m. Uh, May 7, 2014, we have Dr. Joseph Campbell, cardiologist, and Nurse Roslyn Carbon having a conversation focused tonight on, um, on heart health. Uh, we take, uh, we'll take a very, very quick break, and when we come back, I would like to jump in and ask um, Dr. Campbell to talk to our listeners a little bit about um, the proactive um, the actions that they can take in, in terms of managing their heart health. So um, we'll be right back. Please stay tuned. You know, there are many choices when it comes to domain registration, web hosting, and dedicated servers. But I have to tell you about Jocko Hosting. They're simply the best. With their 99.9% .9 uptime guarantee, 24-7 sales and support teams, you'll never have to worry. Get in touch with them today. They offer plenty of other products and services like SSL certificates, managed WordPress, and more. Call or click today, 480-624-2500. Jocko.com. That's J-A-C-H-Q-O.com. We're back after the break. And uh, as, as I said before the break, we have Dr. Campbell, uh, Joseph Campbell, cardiologist, and this Roslyn Carbon on the line. And tonight, we're doing our healthcare, um, our installment, main installment of our healthcare series, and we're talking about heart health. Uh, tonight's show is um, being sponsored by the organizers of the Queens of Callas Mother's Day show that's taking place in Brooklyn. At, um, on Glenwood, uh, at Paradise Reflections on Glenwood in Brooklyn, um, four of our top female um, Caribbean performers will be performing. Um, Ophelia Marie, Mikkel Henderson, uh, Janet Azuz, and Jalil will be on stage. Uh, at, from 8.30, there will be a dinner. Dinner will be served from, because it's a dinner and a show, uh, special Mother's Day activity. Uh, starts at 8.30 p.m. And um, you don't want to miss it. It's, it's, it's a different gift for the mother in your life. Also, Know Your Culture from New Jersey is having a call on June the 9th at the Knights of Columbus um, in Union, New Jersey. I, I think Knights of Columbus is at um, 1034 Jeanette Avenue. You can go on Know Your Culture's website kyc.org for more information. But this Saturday, there's the Queens of Callas. So this is this week in interview. And um, on the line, we have Nurse Roslyn Carbon, who's having a wonderful conversation with, um, with cardiologist Dr. Joseph Campbell. And um, we, we sure are going to go back to them. Um, Rosalind, are you still there? Yes, I am. Okay, Dr. Campbell. Yeah, I'm here. Okay. So, welcome back. After, and what, what, coming back from the break, before we get back into the discussion, let me um, give listeners the, the number that they can call in. If they have any questions, the, the call-in number is 202-525-7231. If you want to ask a question of Dr. Campbell, if you have a comment, um, 202-525-7231. Uh, before I hand it back to you, Rosin, I have a question that somebody um, texted me. Um, uh -huh. the, the question that the person asked was the, if, 
impact or a hypo, what she said, hypothyroid. I, I guess this person has an over. Yes. Hypothyroid. If, if that, if the implications for heart health, um, with regards to that. And before you jump off and answer, I also wanted to um, ask you and Dr. Campbell to talk a little bit about uh, what persons should do and talk to the check on your heart. If there are any symptoms you should look out for, what type of diet, exercise, practical things that um, our somebody's listening what what they can do starting tomorrow if you're if you're uh, 40 years old or 35 years old or 70 years old um what are the things that you that you have to do and be, finally before i hand it over let me just say dr campbell really really beautiful information that you're giving out i know heart um, issues is something that is close to many of our caribbean persons my my dad actually um, pastor at 73 years old from from heart um, failure. Um, he suffered for about a year and a half, two years, and then passed. I know that several people have issues with um, with heart health. So take it away, Rosalind. Those are the, the questions the, the listener wanted to know about hypothyroidism and, and heart health. And then what are the practical things that persons can do in terms of their health, the exercise, and that sort of thing when it comes to um, managing and taking charge of your heart health. The answer is yes, the thyroid is very much involved in your heart health. And since we have the super expert, Dr. Campbell, please give the listener your undivided expert answer. Yeah, okay. All right, as you said, uh, thyroid disease affects the heart. You know, thyroid could, you know, could be high. It's called hypothyroidism. And uh, on the other hand, it could be low, hypothyroidism. In, in hypothyroidism, uh, the symptoms are, you know, slow heart. You can have what we call bradycardia. The heart, you know, beats very slow. Uh, you can have, you know, obesity. Uh, on the other hand, in hypothyroidism, you can have a racy heart, heart that races and uh, has to be controlled by, by many different medications. Uh, the medication that we give for for hypo or hypo, there there are different medications, and of course you need to find out why uh, you have any one of those problems. Uh, so there are many investigations that may have to be done, and once you uh, find the etiology of the cause of the problem, they can take care of it. But the answer is yes. So hypothyroidism does affect your heart. Correct. Um, Dr. Campbell, what, you said you wanted to talk about the drive that you have regarding maintenance of heart health. Yeah, well, Rosalind, uh, as, as you know, uh, every year I, I have a health fair in my office. I've been mm -hmm. doing that for maybe, what, 10 years now? Uh, yeah. every, every, every July we have a health fair. We invite, uh, uh, the, the whole community, everybody's free. We provide uh, information. We have many uh, 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 different specialties, so specialties that come. You know, the dentists, uh, the eye care people, we have AIDS testing, etc. This year is going to be on Saturday, August 2nd, 2014, from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. So anybody that's in our area, 
should come. The address is 1057 Sanford Avenue in Irvington, New Jersey. And the number, the office number for more information is 973-373-75. We have a rain date of Saturday, August 9th, 2014. So everybody should come out. It's free. Ask whatever question, get whatever information, and of course we always have a lot of food there. We have a couple of tents that we put up a set, so everybody should come. So, um, Anthony had um, asked you a multitude of questions with regard to management and practical things that our listeners can start from tonight, as opposed to yep. eating something fatty. They maybe can eat an apple instead or have a bunch of grapes. So yeah. uh, let's educate well, them. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So so um, heart problems. Uh, you know, once we define it, uh, I think Anthony wanted to find out when someone should see a cardiologist or a, a heart doctor. Uh, I mean, if you have uh, uh, any symptoms that can be attributed to the heart, uh, you have leg swelling. You know, for no explainable reason. Uh, shortness of breath, you know, for more, for no uh, explainable reasons, then you should, should get it checked out. Uh, if uh, the regular doctor, you know, discovers uh, a murmur or extra noise in the heart, you know, you should be checked out. And of course, you know, very important if you have a family history of heart disease, then uh, you should uh, get checked out uh, uh, more uh, early or sooner. You know, now, and one problem in particular that would cause one to, uh, you know, have a heart check at an early age is uh, a cardiomyopathy that's called hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. And that's where the heart muscle is very thick. And, you know, and uh, ultimately that can cause arrhythmias. Cause, so, um, you know, I don't know if, um, I, I think there was a basketball player or somebody like that died suddenly after playing basketball. Um, I think it was Lynn Bias or something. I'm, if, if I'm not sure, but I think, you know, he had, uh, if, if I'm talking about the same person, he had cardiomyopathy, the heart, very thick heart muscle, and that runs in family. So uh, it causes sudden cardiac death, you know, after vigorous exercise, uh, that's when the person would die because uh, one of the valves in the heart closes out the uh, the uh, the um, output from you know, cannot leave the heart. And as I mentioned before on several occasions, blood is life. No blood, no life in any part of your body. Now, so so if you have any of these symptoms, you should check. So when somebody comes with any one of these symptoms, of course we got to get a good history, find out what, what's been happening, get information with the family history, any symptoms, uh, high blood pressure, diabetes, these are big risk factors. Uh, diet, uh, cigarette smoking, big, big, big risk factors. You know, high blood pressure causes so many different problems, you know, affect the heart. You know, high blood pressure is like the heart has to work so hard to get blood around the body. Ultimately, that makes it becomes thick and bigger than, than it normally should because it, it absolutely has to get the blood around the body. And like the guys that exercise, ultimately, the heart muscle becomes big. When you exercise to get big muscle weightlifters, the heart is doing the same thing where it has to push against a high resistance. 
and uh, ultimately it get big and then uh, sooner or later uh, it would fail. Sizing, kicking feet, and just then you mentioned about the athlete exercising and he's getting extra muscular. Can you just might get a little confused or concerned about the heart muscle getting too muscular and then having a problem? Let's yeah, well, yes, please. Yeah, well, Rosalind, uh, mm-hmm. we, we we do we do have to uh, distinguish the two type of uh, heart muscle thickness or uh, you know enlargement. Yeah, exactly. the one that arises from from exercise is not as dangerous uh, as the one that just develops from high blood pressure or from the genetic problem I just mentioned called hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. So the 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 athlete's heart. You know, it's it's not a big it's it's not a big problem. Uh, you know, uh, as a matter of fact, you know, for uh, young people, uh, people that are very vigorous exercisers, uh, they usually have a slow heart, slow but effective. So when the heart contracts, it it gives you a, a vigorous contraction with adequate blood volume. If you're not very active, like for instance, if I do a stress test on someone. And uh, they they haven't been active. Once they get on the treadmill, they get tired very easily, and the heart would go up much higher. Now, on the other hand, if I do that with with someone, a young person who has been exercising, you know, continuously, it would it would take quite a while for the heart rate to get up. Sometimes they, it's so effective that we can't even get it to the level that we wanted to. But that's and, okay. That's good. Yeah, and usually these are the people who will have a low pressure, which is perfect, a 90 over 60, a heart rate of 54 versus a heart rate of 80. That is right. good because yeah. of the con- conditioning of their heart. Yes. That's correct. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's talk just briefly on something that we don't think about too much, but infection of the heart. I think most people will think of infection in every other part of their body, maybe, more than likely, as opposed to the heart. Um, pericarditis, um, the relationship between having a prophylactic antibiotic treatment if you have a heart stents in your heart or problems with your heart, if you have poor oral care, your rotten teeth and things like that, how it affects your heart. Just basic um information on how these things are related, your bad mouth care and your heart and infection. Yeah. Well, you know, fortunately, heart infection is not very common. Now, the one that uh, we see with, uh, with end, is called endocarditis. Endocarditis is an infection of the valves in the heart. And that, that happens with uh, patients that have had infections for a while, certain kind of infections. And for, for IV drug users, drug abusers, uh, we, we have endocarditis, an infection in the heart. Ultimately, uh, that, uh, the valve in particular, uh, it uh, destroys the valve. It causes a leaky valve. It, it puts a hole in the leaflet in the valve. And the, when the heart contracts, you, you're not getting enough blood going forward. You have a lot of blood going backward, like or regurgitation. Uh, you, you did mention pericarditis. Pericarditis is an inflammation of the lining of the heart. Now, the heart has a very uh, thin lining that surrounds the heart. Uh, and um, 
you know, sometimes that gets inflamed and that it causes severe pain. Uh, and, and we can distinguish that by the, by the course of the pain. And then there are certain EKG changes that, that uh, will uh, clue us in uh, to uh, that uh, particular problem. Well, if I could jump in here, um, we, have, we have a few minutes left. Uh, can we talk a little bit about um, if somebody's having a, a heart attack? I know it might present in different ways, but what are some of the signs and what are some of the urgent actions that somebody on the scene of a person who's having a heart attack can, um, can do that would help make a difference in the, in the survival rate of, of, a, of a heart attack patient? Yeah. Well, one of the first things you should do if you think you're having a heart attack is to take an aspirin. Uh, after you've done that, you know, uh, seek help. Uh, but aspirin is, is critical. Aspirin is, is a blood thinner. Now, the theory is that uh, for, for some reason or the other, uh, you, you develop a blockage uh, clot in, in the blood vessel in the heart. Now, you have a, a, a basic uh, narrowing in the blood vessel, and that serves as a focus. Uh, you develop a blood clot. The blood dying on the blood vessels, inside the blood vessel, you know, day in, day out, can cause uh, some irritation. And then, you know, there are certain elements in the blood that, that forms a blood clot. So they see that area and they say, aha, here's a problem. I know how to take care of it. I'm going to go over there and I'm going to uh, uh, develop a, a, a clot. But, of course, in that respect, the body is not smart because we need a blood clot when you get a cut to prevent you from bleeding to death. But when you have a, a blockage in there, in the blood vessel in your heart, you don't want a blood clot in there. So aspirin decreases the chance of you getting a blood clot there because most of the heart attacks that, that occur uh, are said to occur you know, as a consequence of a blood clot up in, in, the, in an area that has been disturbed you know, for one reason or the other. Uh, so, you know, the signs of heart, of heart attack varies. Yeah, you know, maybe 25 to 30% of uh, patients may never have any symptoms, and they only would discover if they go to the doctor for some other reason, an EKG is done, and there are EKG changes. And you ask them, and they say, oh, I never had any problem. And, you know, but the EKG says that there has been a problem, so you may not be aware of it. If you're diabetic, you may not have the, the symptoms of the booksies. Uh, so patients, you can have chest pain. Uh, now, chest pain or chest discomfort, you know, the booksies, the heaviness in the chest, and somebody, you know, make like a cough over their chest, but that's not always true. Very, very, very few people will have that classical symptom. So you may have a burning sensation in the chest. Uh, you, may, you may have a pain in the arm. It could be left. All right. So some patient may say, well, it's only in my right arm. It's not my heart, but that's not true because the pain can present in the right arm. You have pain that goes, uh, for, you know, from the chest to the neck, to the jaw, to the, the mouth. Yeah. I have a call on the line. Can you, can, let's see if I take yes. that call. Hold on one minute. Yes, caller. Hello? Yes. Yes, good evening. Good evening, caller. Hi, you good calling evening. to Dr. Campbell? Yes. Where are you calling from, caller? Texas. You're calling from Texas. Go ahead. All right. My question is, well, I'd like you to talk a little bit to the ladies um, about recognizing that they are actually having a heart attack. 
because a friend of mine's um, wife died of just a little over a month ago after she had a massive heart attack while driving. And she didn't realize that, well, neither of them realized that she was having a heart attack because she, she, she thought she, she had food poisoning, in fact, because she started feeling ill right after eating a restaurant. And um, it's only, it took two days for the doctors to run tests and then found out that she had a heart attack. So um, how do you suggest to the ladies that they can recognize or their families can recognize that they are actually having a heart attack and not something less serious? Yeah, well, as I just mentioned, the, the presenting symptoms for a heart attack varies. Uh, it might be burning sensation in the chest. And in that patient, she just ate. So she may have had burning sensation in the chest and think it's maybe just from the food. Uh, they may develop a sweat, a whole bunch of sweats, you know, and that may be the only symptoms. Uh, they may get pain in the uh, right arm and think it's always nothing. And and so, the, so these symptoms, uh, if if it's new and if it concerns you, then I think you should get it. Uh, you should get it checked out. And as as, as we mentioned before, uh, 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 PM thinking is something other than that. I've got patients that have come and they've had you know uh, chest symptoms, uh, uh, stomach symptoms, and they thought, well, it was gas, so they took you know. Consequently, uh, when you do the EKG, you find this uh, it's a heart attack. So the symptoms vary, and 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 I think if you have symptoms. That, that causes you any great concern, it's better to be safe than sorry. Just have it checked out, have an EKG done. You know, now I don't know what her family history is. As we mentioned before, family history is a big factor. If you've got uh, a father that, that uh, died from a heart attack at age, you know, 50, you know less than 55, that, that is very significant. That's a mark against you. For females, 60, 65, that's a mark against you. So I have patients that come to me and they say, well, you know, my father died young. I just want to get my heart checked out. And so we do a stress test or an EKG and, and you know, uh, echocardiogram. And, and based on what we find there, we determine if anything else needs to be done. Yeah. Dr. Campbell, wasn't, wasn't well, along with that, being, like you said, Dr. Campbell, being proactive, and as I mentioned earlier, when you go to the doctor, arm yourself with the things that you, your history, your family, signs and symptoms. If you're somebody who has blood, high blood pressure, buy a blood pressure machine. Monitor your blood pressure at home, maybe twice a week, and keep a record of it. So when you go to your doctor's office, he can see the pattern, because patterns are significant. You might have a one, ele one elevation because somebody startled you or you're stressed. But if you wake up in the morning and your blood pressure is elevated and it's elevated throughout the day, your doctor will see that and make some, you know, pretty good um, management regime for you. Um, as far as the question of managing heart attacks, um, Anthony, what our listeners can arm themselves with, not only the medical personnel, personnel should know how to do CPR, cardiac pulmonary resuscitation, it's simple. It's readily available. Nowadays, you go online on YouTube, and you can Google CPR, and you can almost teach yourself CPR by going on this um, website. You can go to the um, Red Cross, 
or you can go to some colleges, YMCA, all these places teach you how to do CPR. Also, it's important to learn how to use an AED machine. This machine will jumpstart the person's heart. Sometimes a young person might collapse on the, at school. Everywhere they have those things in the shops, the stores, gymnasiums, theaters. If somebody's having a heart attack or, you know, looks like they're passing out, ask somebody for an AED. And you can also get information on learning how to use those things and when. It's important. These are, these are ways we can save our loved ones and people around us. Yeah, Roslyn, uh, let me step in here. You know, one of the things I would like for our people to do is that when they go to, to various physicians, uh, they, they have to be proactive. I mean, yeah. they, uh, I, I have seen patients that, that come to me because someone else referred them. And they say, well, I've been compensated by a doctor, I've got pain, this, that, the other. And, and he, he just totally, he, the doctors totally ignore them. I mean, yeah. I have a, I've had patients that, that, you know, they've been going to his doctor and they've had this shortness of breath and the doctor has been treating them for asthma, 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 and it turned out to be their heart failure, cardiomyopathy. So people got to, you know, you're the boss. You're, you're paying the doctor. The doctor is not paying you. And when I've never, I've never given a check to any patient that comes to my office. They pay me. They're, 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 they're the boss. They're my boss. So the boss is always in charge. So you don't let your doctor push her around and you know and ignore the symptoms that you have. If if he is, then find somebody else. That's bottom line, and that's yeah. a big push for us on this um, segment on this show. Be proactive. Be your own advocate. And I'm going to say again: a lot of patients are elderly. There's a language barrier. There's a knowledge deficit. The younger members of the family of this older person, who is supposedly to, supposed to be more educated, more enlightened, and more aware, please escort your family, your loved ones, to the doctor's office. And be present yourself. Know why you're bringing your family members there, and what they're going to do, and why they're doing it. And then people will take you, they won't push you around. But if you go there... You don't have a clue why you... And I've encountered patients who come to me. I thought, today, why are you here? I don't know. My doctor told me to come. That's not satisfactory. You should never leave your house and go to a doctor's office at their mercy. Because not everybody's like Dr. Kanda who's going to take, you know, do what they're supposed to do. And he's correct. I've been in this field for many years. And some doctors will totally ignore you. They don't even make eye contact with you. From the time you hit the office, his office, He's writing a, a prescription or, or finishing his notes from the previous patient. So it's yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. Yeah, our patients shouldn't let the, those doctors treat them as a green piece of paper. You know, a lot of doctors like that, they look at the patient as a green triangle of paper that, that come to the office. I mean, I've, seen, like, patient that I've, I've seen patients that have incision, large uh, surgical scars, and I say, what do you have here? Oh, I don't know. The doctor told me I need this. I mean, this is ridiculous. You know, black folks are do not let people do stuff unless they know what they're doing. I'll tell, I'll tell patients, you know, if a doctor is going to do something, find out from him what is he doing. I mean, you have to give consent to have anything done. 
and don't say yes if you don't know what what you what what's going to be done to you. The dates for that are all over now. Yes, and something I told the visitor, the audience last time last month. In most facilities, if you don't understand what someone is telling you because they, you know you don't understand their language. For example, I have a lot of um, Creole-speaking patients come to the hospital. If I'm not around on my unit, that's not an excuse not to have someone speaking Creole to that patient because we have a phone system and most facilities, they're supposed to, by law, have a translation system in place because you cannot trick somebody or have someone sign a consent when they don't understand the language. Showing them the line to put an X or to sign is not acceptable in the court of law. And it's detrimental and dangerous for the patients also. So you need to insist, find someone to do sign language for me or a phone where they have all the languages. It's just a phone call away and you will have someone to speak in whatever language that you speak. All right. So definitely the message is that you have to be proactive and you have to take responsibility for your health. Uh, we've indulged. Uh, we, we've gone 10, 10 minutes over. Um, Dr. Campbell, let me say that we appreciate your time very much, and we would love to have you back when you say that um, there are several topics um, in an hour we can only scratch the surface. So let me say that um, we have an open invitation, and we you have an open invitation, and we certainly would love to, to have you come back. Um, I, w I would ask um, you and Roslyn to do closing remarks and feel free to, to reiterate the information about the health fair that, that you have organized for August the 2nd. Yeah. Okay. okay well, Dr. All right. Well, Roslyn, I, I thank you and your host for allowing me the opportunity to speak to, hopefully, a large audience of our people. I mean, I'm, I, I'm concerned about our people because, it, you know, I treat our people the way I want to be treated because I always say if somebody finds me somewhere and they don't know who I am, they'll stereotype me just like a lot of doctors people stereotype our patients. Um, uh, so, you know, we ought to be concerned. We ought to know what's happening you know, if there are anything that that happens to you, uh, any signs or symptoms that you're not sure, just just seek help. If you're in my area, you're welcome to call three seven nine seven three three seven three eighteen seventy five, and you never have to wait long. You know, to get an appointment with me. Um, and as mentioned, we have a health fair every year. We've been doing it for ten years now. It's been growing larger and larger every year, and this year is Saturday, August 2nd, 2014, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. at 1057 Sanford Avenue in Irvington, New Jersey. And we've got a rain date of uh, Saturday, August 9th. Um, uh, so, uh, oh, we, we also, oh, weight is coming. We never get the chance to talk about, about uh, weight. Um, that's, Go that's ahead, of course, Cam Campbell. You can take a few yeah, to talk about it. Go ahead. Yeah, that, that's, of course, a, a very big problem. I mean, uh, the American population is becoming more and more obese. And uh, there, there are um, 
so many different uh, ways to lose weight. Losing weight is not an easy thing. Um, you have to be serious about it. You have to be committed uh, because uh, to lose weight uh, is, like I say, you have to be committed. For instance, you know, to gain 100 calories, you, you drink one can of soda, not even a minute, 100 calories. To lose that 100 calories, you have to get in the treadmill for a half an hour or more, depending on how vigorous you're exercising. So we, we, we do um, weight loss also in my office. We've got, you know, various options uh, there. But, but most of all, I, I, I want to encourage our people to uh, be proactive, you know, watch your diet, you know, cut up, you know, the fatty foods, salt. You know, the American uh, food industry, uh, uh, they seem to compete to see who can uh, put most, the most sugar in the food or the most salt in the food. So we got, you know, cut all these things out, salt, soda, um, you know, fat, watch the fat that you eat. You know, uh, Roslyn, he had mentioned cholesterol. Cholesterol is a big factor. You know, uh, the number varies. You know, the, the number that you should have depends on what uh, other factors uh, you have. So people with diabetics, you want a lower cholesterol number. You've got the high high. Um, HDL, which is the good cholesterol, you want that to be high. You've got the LDL, which is the bad cholesterol, you want that to be low. You have a total cholesterol um, that you it depends on the lab. You want it less than 200. But if you've got other any cholesterol, you'll die because you need cholesterol to make the hormones, the sex hormones. You know, male and female cholesterol is the is the base uh, for that the, the basic framework. Uh, so you need it, but too much of it is absolutely no good. So, I mean, uh, we can talk about a whole lot of stuff, but... Um, Certainly. Person, go ahead. Are you finished up the cover? Well, yeah, I don't want to... Uh, I can go on all night, Ross. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Well, I'm glad you touched on the cholesterol issue, because I, I was going to address that also. on the And... Um, as far as managing your cholesterol levels, there are various um, chemicals or pharmaceutical brands on the market. But Dr. Campbell, what about the good old, good old oatmeal? Not just regular oatmeal, but old-fashioned oatmeal. This is pretty good to lower the cholesterol, isn't it? Uh, well, they, yeah, that's what the company says, that it helps to lower cholesterol. <laughs> I mean, I... I don't know how much that's it, but but I tell you, Roslyn, you know, selfish and selfish and fig, and bananas. You think that's good for losing cholesterol? Well, you know what? I'll stick to the green bananas and salt. Except we're going to take as much salt. We we can't take all the salt out. I mean, too much of anything is good for nothing, and too little is good for nothing. Also, so we just have to. Keep just enough to keep the taste buds going, but yes, selfish and bananas, absolutely. Yeah. Well, what I would like to say in finish, in closing, we need to understand as a people, we are not unisex, one size, one fix for all. We're, we have a different diet, our stresses are different, our economies, economic is different. So all these issues affect how our body is affected. We eat a certain type of food. Now, Dr. Campbell understands that he is talking about 
crawfish and bananas. He understands our culture. And I'm saying that to say the way our heart responds to, to the stresses that other people might have, our heart responds, our treatment has to be different for us. And it's very important to realize that. So that's why when certain people go to certain doctors, they might not be getting better because they're getting a unisex fit. And it's, they're not paying attention to the individual person, their culture, their lifestyle, their diet, and the various circumstances in their life that might be creating the issues that's landing them with heart issues. So it's important for people to understand, for our community to understand that. And basically, educating yourself. I mean, there's, I can't emphasize that enough. We don't have to go to the doctor and expect him to educate us on taking care of us. We, we, we're with our bodies 9,900% of the time. So we need to be in control and in charge and looking for their information. Dr. Campbell, you're my cardiologist. I'm telling them, yeah. you know, uh, he knows <laughs> because I have a history and I'm very proactive because life is good, but life is very short. And I'm not going to shut me by being negligent of my health. It, it behoves me. And Dr. Campbell is very, very busy. Our doctors are very busy. So we shouldn't just expect them to do the homework for us. We have to do our homework. And then he can check it and make sure I've got everything covered. And, of course, he will make sure he takes good care of us. But it's, it's easier if we know what we need for ourselves also. And we can pick out when somebody's doing something wrong. Why is he doing this? I don't recall that. That doesn't sound right. Get second opinion. Get second opinions. Don't be on show and still go along with it. So certainly um, the message is to be proactive and take charge of your health. Uh, Dr. Campbell, I want to say thank you so much. Um, we're really honored and appreciative uh, that you took the time to spend with us. Um, Rosalind, as usual, um, we're so blessed to have you um, help us to, to understand um, the different things that we need to do to take care of our health. And um, definitely, I want to say thank you so much for, for taking the time to both of you and um, wish you a very good night. One thing, um, one thing, Anthony, correction on the extravaganza that Know Your Culture has, uh -huh. which I'm one of the dancers. It's not June the 9th, it's Saturday, June the 14th. June the 14th? Okay, so it's June the 14th, Saturday, June the 14th, extravaganza. Okay, definitely. Thank you for that correction. You're very welcome. Right. And I'd like to thank sorry, I'd like to thank the listening audience again for listening to us. I hope we empowered you, we enlightened you, and we gave you some ammunition to go out there and take care of yourself. Love you all. Till next month. Same time, same place. Thank you. Thank you, Doctor Campbell. Thank you, Doctor Campbell, oh, so much. Thank for you coming. very thank you. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks. Okay. All right, listeners, there we had it, another wonderful um, health program for this week in interview. I want to say thank you for staying with us. Uh, invaluable information. It's 20 minutes after 9. I want to say thank you to Engineer Sam, as usual, keeping it together. Um, and uh, we will do this again um, next week, Wednesday at 8 p.m. Please tune in for another episode of This Week in Interview. 
I'm your host, Anthony Drago, and tonight's show was brought to you by um, the Cultural Extravaganza on, on August 14th uh, at Knights of Columbus in Union, New Jersey, but also by the Queens of Cadas Mother's Day show that's taking place this Saturday at, at 5800 Glenwood Road in Brooklyn. Come see Ophelia, Marie, Mikael Henderson, Jali, and Janet Azuz. You don't want to miss this show. It will be a Mother's Day event with a difference. Dinner is served at 8.30 p.m. and the show time is at 10 p.m. Please come and, and support and have a good time. So I want to wish you good night and tell you that this has been this week in interview. I'm your host, Anthony Drago. Have a good night. See you next week. Same time, same place. TDNRadio.net. Thank you.